you have your Bibles, you can open to Ephesians, Ephesians 4. We'll be reading from the book of Ephesians today, um, but I've titled this sermon, Freedom from Church Hurt. Um, so I've, I've had lots of comments on that. I've never heard a sermon like this, um, but I want to start off. You have notes, and the first thing in your notes, it says, freedom is the state that emerges after God has acted to remove all hindrances, social, spiritual, economical, institution, that block your creational purpose. This purpose is, no, is to know, is to love, is to worship, is to enjoy God forever. This freedom that has been won for us by the death and the resurrection, I'm going to say Jesus, it says Messiah, by the power of the Spirit, that Christians seek to live into this freedom and to join God in freeing others. It's not just for you, it's, so, it's through you. Also, while we await freedom's full realization at the second coming of Jesus, everyone say amen. Yeah, that's from a theology book. I didn't write that, so I gave you a little reference there on the bottom. Um, but you have these scriptures. I would like us to do something maybe different. I'd like us to read them all together this morning as we start, as we're talking about freedom, and our theme is freedom from church hurts. So 2 Corinthians 3.17, let's read it together. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Come on, amen. Romans 8.1, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Yes. Galatians 5.1. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. And John 8, 31, 32, and we're going to go straight to 36. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are my truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are free. You are free, yes. But this sermon is about freedom from church hurt. So I've also given you a definition of church hurt this morning, and this is something that I wrote myself. Um, so it's not exhaustive or perfect in any way, but, I, but I, from my experience, I kind of just wrote this out. Uh, church hurt is, a, is the state that emerges when disappointment, grief, and emotional pain happen within the family of God. Pain and suffering happen in the church, and many times church families do not respond or support each other properly, feeling rejected, guilty, ashamed, feeling anxious and depressed, feeling abandoned or rejected, feeling condemned. These are tools of the devil, and they can happen in the church. Freedom from church hurt means that God restores you from these things. God heals you. God restores you. Today, I want to tell you that God can set you free. God can set you free from offenses. He can set you free from your pain, your emotional trauma, your hurt that you have, your hardness of heart because you're trying to protect yourself. He can heal you from anxiety and depression. He can heal you from, from he can set you free and there can be freedom from these feelings of feeling rejected and abandoned and freedom from feeling guilt and, and shame and condemnation. And, and, and I want to talk to you today a little bit about freedom from church hurt. You see, the church many times, they, they hurt, they hurt, we hurt each other. We're the church is the people. Many times the church hurts you, but can I tell you that the church heals you? 
The church may hurt you, but the church can heal you. And the church does heal you. The church has healed me. If you, if, you, uh, if you attend on Wednesday nights, you might have heard this, but Pastor Ben said, the, the church may hurt you, but the world will kill you. <laughs> I was like, ooh. I pulled out my phone and I, you know, I put that one. That one's going in the sermon. <laughs> That's a good one. He also said our picture of Jesus must be bigger than the church. You know... The church is the body. I, I, I felt like as I was, pray, I was praying, Pastor Ben asked me to preach a sermon. And I said, you know, I went to Idaho and I, and I had this uh, real big weight on me. And I felt like um, God was telling me, be ready. I went there for the 4th of July and he was telling me, just be ready. I felt this weight, be ready to, as you go. And, you know, when you're on vacation, sometimes you're just like, okay, you know, and you don't... You're not ready to be used. Like, I, I, I've been to Idaho so many times. It's where I'm from. I grew up in Idaho. So I went home to Idaho. And, and, and there's opportunities that God gave me when I went to Idaho that many times I wouldn't have, like, stepped into because I wasn't ready. And I wasn't, say, I didn't ha- I wasn't saying, okay, God, use me. And I wasn't willing. But it was interesting because as I went, I was ready. And I had no agenda for what God wanted me to minister. I just knew that God wanted me to be ready. So I went. And as I engaged people, after person, after person as I'm there, people are dealing with hurt and hurt that's happened in the church. And I've been hurt by the church. I'm going to tell you my story here soon, but like, I I just want to tell you that like God heals you in the church. It happens in the church. And, but we're, we're a family and we, and and families don't get it right. Families fight, right? If families get it wrong, families make mistakes. Um, We're called to, to be, patient with each other and honor one another and be kindness and gentle and have mercy within the family of God. But we still, we still get it wrong at times. You know, the, the church heals and brings freedom. A church that heals and brings freedom is a church that learns to love well. And so I want to talk about, about what it means to be a church that, that creates an environment for people who've been hurt by the church to come and be healed, and it's a church that learns to love well. You know, only God can, can truly heal the wounds that, that are inflicted, um, but God uses people, amen? God brings about his kingdom on earth through his people, and I can tell you from my experience, my healing has come because of the church, Matter of fact, I just seen someone that I haven't seen in a long time, and he's sitting in here, and he's a person who walked with me as a man of God. He's the church, and he helped me heal. I'm so thankful you're here. Don's here. Um, freedom from church hurt is difficult, though, because you know it's tied to our walk with Jesus. It's tied to that spiritual walk with Jesus. And, and, and hurt happens in different levels. I mean, hurt happens sometimes it's, you know, there's different levels of, be, of being hurt. And, and at some point, you know, it, it can turn into like being really harmful. And, you can, and so maybe your church hurt is a lot more harmful and maybe, maybe it's not. Uh, maybe you had a pastor that, that had a moral failing, or maybe you've experienced, you know, some tragedy in your church. Maybe your hurt has come and it's at different levels. And so I don't pretend to act like I know the ins and outs of everyone's church hurt, but I, but I do want you to know that, um, that God can heal your church hurt. There's freedom from it. 
And sometimes we don't walk in that freedom and we still have faith and we still believe in God and we still come to church and we still, we still have our, our reliefs, but we don't walk in the fullness that God has for us. We don't walk in the freedom that God has for us. And, and you know, I think that's the enemy, right? The enemy wants you to just be kind of okay and idle in your Christian faith because he doesn't want you to live in freedom and walk in freedom and bring about the kingdom on earth. And so if he can use the church to hurt you, to get you just to be okay with going to church maybe every other week and being just a, you know, an idle Christian. And that's what he'll do because he doesn't want you to live in freedom. He doesn't want you to walk in freedom. Church hurt can become bad and it can manifest and, and, and it might come out as like, I love God, but I don't love his people. <laughs> I have a relationship with God, but I don't need the church. I only follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit, not a church or not a pastor Maybe you aren't saying these things consciously, um, but you might be wounded if you're easily offended by the people of the church or church leadership. You have constant feelings of sadness regarding the people in the church or the decisions in the church or the things that are happening at the church. You love God, but you're just sad over the thing. You're disappointed over the things that are happening there. Uh, you might be wounded if you get irritated and angry when things happen that you don't want. Changes happen in the church. We change the color of the carpet in the sanctuary. And, you know, the, you know we, it's too dark for me. You know, <laughs> you might get less and less interested in the ministries at the church. You might get less and less interested in the people at the church. And you come up with rational reasons to keep people at arm's length where you say, you know, I love God, but I'm just just there. You might be, you might have church wounds if that's the case. You might have church wounds if you have expectations that are constantly not being met in the church. You know, church can't be perfect. <laughs> you know, as we gather, you know, and as we, you know, gather house to house, temple courts, as we gather here as a large gathering or we gather one on one, you know, the church is not going to be all things to all people at all times. You know, we it can't, it, it's always, every church is going to be a little different. I mean, I grew up in small church and we did things different and I never been part of a big church till I came to you guys and I became part of this family. And so there's just things that are different when you go to different churches. And sometimes we have likes and dislikes and Sometimes we did things this way, and, and, and we just the church can, can't be everything. And sometimes we just have expectations, and we think it should be, and it has to be. And Listen, I'm not, I'm not trying to accuse anyone today because uh, I want you to know that I was hurt. I was hurt pretty bad by the church, and um, my family, we were hurt pretty bad by the church. And many times when you get hurt by the church, you walk away. You know, we have these prodigal boxes up here in the front because we, we have cards on the back of our chairs. And if you fill out a name for a prodigal, someone who's walked away from God, if you put it in this box, we fast the first Wednesday of every month. We come together, we fast all day, and then we come together Wednesday evening and we pray and we intercede for prodigals. And we've been seeing people come back to church who haven't been to church for a long time, amen, because we got, we're, we're saying, yes, we believe that God answers prayer. Yes, we believe that God will bring back prodigals. And many times prodigals, walk away because they've been wounded and they've been hurt in the church. And how could the church do that? If, if God is a good God, how could he allow that to happen? If God is a good God and this is God's church, then how could he allow me to be hurt in the church? And so many times we, we deconstruct our faith and we walk away from God and we blame the church. 
I was on that path, I can tell you. I was a pastor. <laughs> I was a licensed minister in the Foursquare Church. And, and I, uh, so, so I went to uh, a school in Virginia. I, I drove across the country with my family, and we did a school called Army Logistics University. But before that, for like 10 years, I was a worship pastor. And I was in this church, and that was my home. It was my family. We were a small church. But I went away, and I came back, and I thought... Things are just going to go back to normal. Can I, can I just, before I tell you all of this, like my story, I want you to know I wouldn't tell you my story if, if like God hadn't restored it, if he hadn't redeemed it, if he hadn't like healed me, if he hadn't done like a good work. I would never come up here and take a platform and tell you, I'm hurt by the church, you know? So I want you to know that the church heals you. There's freedom from church hurt. But I, but I went away to Virginia and I was there and I came back and I thought, I'm just going to start leading worship again. Things are going to go back to the way they were. And, uh, and I was honest with the pastor because Virginia was hard. <laughs> I mean, anyone married, <laughs> Take, you know, with two kids, kindergarten, second grade, and we lived in a hotel. <laughs> and, you know, that's hard. You know, marriage is hard. And everyone who's married in the room goes, yes, marriage is hard work. And so we were having a hard time. Uh, I, I, we had a lot of intense fellowship when we were in Virginia, you know. My prayer laugh at the time was like, oh, God, help me and help my marriage, you know. It was hard. So I came back, and, and the pastor asked me to step down from worship, and I, and I did. It was supposed to be for a season. And, and then within that season, he asked me to leave the church, and I, and I was broken from it. Me, me and the pastor are good. He's a good man. I want you to hear that. His, I just saw him when I went home before the July. He, he, we gave each other hugs and like his church just outgrew their building and they're getting into a newer building because God's moving in their church and I was so excited for him. Like this isn't a bash against the church. This is, this is me just telling you I was hurt. I was wounded and it, and it happened. I, and I remember I was driving to my friend's church because we had no church to go to. So I was going to my friend's church and we're driving there and my daughter was in a car seat. That's how young she was. If you don't know, my daughter is a senior this year. So this is, this is quite a while ago. But my daughter's got her, you know, she's kicking her feet in the uh, car seat. And she goes, Daddy, why can't we go to Solid Rock? And, and I hadn't grieved at that moment. I hadn't grieved up until that moment. And, you know, when you hold stuff in and just like it like exploded out of me. And I'm trying to drive the car and I'm weeping. I'm weeping so, uh, like so much. I'm, I'm thinking I might have to pull the car over. I'm weeping so hard here. And all I remember is my wife reached over and laid her hand on me. I like to think she was praying for me. She probably was. I don't remember. All I know is that that moment was, was this moment of like, like God. Like, and I began to have those thoughts. God, how could, how could this happen? You know, and you start to entertain thoughts and you, you start to, you know, think, how could all these things happen? You know, God, God had his hand on us, and, uh, and God brought about healing for me and my story, and it happened through the church. It happened in the church. It happened with people being on the phone with me for hours, listening to me and praying for me. It happened when I came to the church and I saw God's people loving God. So I wanted to tell you some of the reasons why there's freedom from church hurt for me. It happened when the church accepted me. It happened when the church spoke loving identity over me. 
I can remember walking in this church and there being a guy in the foyer and he'd say, good morning, man of God. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that feels good. You say that to me every time. I, and he did. Every time I saw him, he'd say, how are you doing, man of God? I, you speak a loving identity. There's healing. There's freedom from church hurt when we, when we speak loving identity over each other. There's freedom from church hurt when we, when, we, um, when we affirm someone's calling. Can I just tell you that if no one's ever told you you have a calling, God has a calling for you. God has a ministry for you. God has a calling on your life to minister the good news to people, to, to, to love people. You know, we're going to get into Ephesians, but like you have ministry. There's a ministry that God has called you to. Not every ministry looks the same, but, but God has a calling. When the church saw the calling on my life and they affirmed it. There's freedom from church hurt when the church prays. <laughs> when the, man, there's freedom when, from church hurt when the church is a praying church. When, when it's not just the pastor praying, but when you've got people praying. Oh, man. There's freedom from church hurt when you include people. When I was included, that was healing to me. Um. Freedom from church hurt happens when the church urges you to seek God and, and, and awakens something in you. It awakens that first love that, God, that you had for God when you first gave your life to him and the, the goodness of God. And, you know, sometimes when we're young, we have like this zealous passion for God. And, the, you know, in youth ministry, you get them jumping up and down. You know, they just gave their lives to Jesus and they're so excited. And, you know, and, and, and we think, oh, how presumptuous, <laughs> you know, like, keep it going. We don't tell them that. Keep it going. You know, God is awesome, you know. And, but there's some of us who have been through trials and, and, and struggles. But, like, when that first love gets awakened in you and you get zealous and passionate for God, can I tell you that it's, like, it's stronger than it was the first time, you know. So being freed from your hurt, being freed from church hurt, God wants to ignite a passion in you. He wants to awaken first love, and he does it when the church urges you to seek God. You know, I was, I was healed when the church asked me to start ministering to people. You might, well, you don't know where I am. You don't, <laughs> you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know these. But, but when the church, like, says, hey, we want you to come and get involved. And then, we're, and then we say, hey, lay hands on someone and pray for them. And you're like, what? I can't do that, you know? Or like, hey, we want you to prophesy. And you're like, but you don't, you know? So freedom happens when the church, like, pushes you and urges you to step out. Uh, freedom happens from church hurt when the church gave me time, when they were patient with me to figure out my hurt, and, and, and they, they were so patient with me. When they don't ignore your sin, but they create a space for you to repent, right? Not just, not just ignoring the things that are going on, but creating space to say, like, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide, you know, uh, we just had a men's conference and it was amazing because all, halfway down these aisles, we had men coming forward and kneeling to Jesus. They, they were taking a step and saying, I surrender my life to Jesus. Something powerful happens when, when we surrender to Jesus and we let go. So when the church doesn't ignore sin, but they create a space for repentance. I had a pastor once say to me, Jared, all you're going to get from me is grace. That was healing to me to know that 
that there was going to be someone who ministered grace to me and was not going to be judgmental, but they were going to care for me. Sometimes we get that the enemy's lies are so strong and so powerful and condemnation and shame is holding you down so much. And when you have someone just say, hey, I'm here for you. I'm going to pray for you. All you're going to get is grace from me. And when you're the hands and feet of Jesus, something can happen. There can be freedom that can break, th- break through for you. I told you we'd read Ephesians, so uh, let, let's, let's turn to Ephesians. Let's turn to the book of Ephesians and read chap, from chapter 4. We're going to read verses 1 through 16. All right, uh, Ephesians 4. It should be on the screen. It is. Amen. Uh, Therefore I... The prisoner of the Lord implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, be diligent to preserve the unity of the spirit and the bonds of peace. There's one body, there's one spirit, just as you were called to one hope of your calling. We're all, we're all one body. It's one Lord, one faith, one baptism. You've all been baptized into the same family. One God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. Very theological. But uh, verse 7, but to each one of us, grace. Everyone say grace. Grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. These are gifts, grace gifts. Uh, therefore, and it's, therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led captive a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. These are the, you didn't earn these; these are grace. He gave them to you. He gives them to men. Now, this expression, he ascended. What does it mean? Except that he also descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is himself also he who ascended far above all heavens, so that he might fill all things. And he. This is the one who is sinning. This is Jesus, right? He gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers. And this part, I, I, I think a lot of times when I've heard this preach and I've heard this, we talk about the fivefold ministry, but what I can't get by is it says for the equipping of the saints, for the work of service, for the building up of the body of Christ until we attain to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son, to, the measure, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. Three more verses. We're going to go. Um, As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful schemings. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ from whom the whole body being fit and held together uh, by what every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. You know, the, uh, there's a lot in there, and we don't have 
time to preach everything in all 16 verses, but I wanted to read it in a whole. And if, you, if you've never read the book of Ephesians, it's written by uh, the Apostle Paul, and uh, he wrote it to the book, the church of Ephesus. And, and, and there could be a lot of contextual things I could preach to you today to make this a proper exegesis of like the scripture itself, but I want to give you some context for me and for this sermon. And so what happened was, is normally I pray and I say, God, you know, what should I preach on? And, and I should, you know, and I feel like I get a word from the Lord. And, and then we go to the scriptures and we start breaking it down and we preach through the Bible and we have our points that come out of the Bible. And this is a proper exegetical way to preach the word of God. We believe in that. We're a Bible preaching church. We believe in the authority of scripture. We believe the Bible's inspired. And I never like have preached a topical uh, sermon before. It just has never happened to me. But Pastor Ben said, hey, Jared, I want you to preach. And, and he said, what do you think you're going to preach on? And I just started talking about my experience in Idaho and how God had been doing these, these things and, and showing me freedom from church hurt. And I was like, I think I'm supposed to preach on it. And he said, amen. And that's all, that's all he said. He, amen. So I'm praying, God, what do, I don't even have a scripture. So I look, I look up all the freedom scriptures I gave to you today. Cause those like, you got to pray those, you got to read those. You got to write them out. You got to put them on your, your mirror as you get ready in the morning. You got to know that Christ has set you free. You got to have freedom. You got to, you got to pray through these things. We're going to pray them at the end of service. But I was like, God, what, what do you want the church to know? And, and I just heard God say, you know, like the church is not an institution. The church is a family. And I was like, Jesus is the head, you know, we're, we're one body, we're, we're, we have one faith, we, we, have, we have one hope, we're all, it's all Jesus, we have the same hope, you know, he's, the, he's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, but that just quickly came to me, and so I have three points for us today about freedom from our church hurt, and freedom from church hurt happens when the church walks worthy, that's that first line, and Paul is imploring you. He's urging them. This word urge, it means to encourage. It means to implore. It means to beg. It means he's appealing. He's, he's exhorting. He's like, he's like a cheerleader, right? I, I don't know why this illustration came to me. My daughter's a cheerleader this year. I went to a football game last night, and she's practicing her cheers at home, and she's like showing us, look at this cheer I did. And I'm, I'm thinking like, what does it mean to like beg and appeal and encourage? And I was like, Paul's like, he's like the cheer. He's like, come on, let's go. I'm urging you. I'm encouraging you. I'm begging you. Live in such a way that Jesus himself would say, well done, my good and faithful servants. I think for me and my experience, walking worthy as a church that heals, it's you know how to love people well. It says you have been called. I'm going to read that again. Therefore, I... The prisoner of the Lord urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling which you have been called. You have been called. With, what does it mean to love well? With all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance. I mean, many of, us, many of us have heard the scriptures, you know, love is patient, love is kind. We read that at weddings, you know, love holds no record of wrong. And, you know, and, and we know that the fruit of the spirit is love. And, and, and so can I tell you, can I urge you today to be a family, to be a church family that seeks to know him, that seeks to love others well, because, because he's loved you well. It says here that you will show tolerance or you'll bear with one another's in love. 
you know, bearing with another one. That, like, be, the, I was healed because the church was patient with me. They didn't demand anything out of me. They were okay with me walking through what I needed to walk through. And if we want to be a church that brings freedom to people who have church here, we're praying for prodigals to come back. If we want prodigals to come back, we've got to be a church that loves people well. We have to be patient and humble. And, and sometimes, you know, when, when, when where we are, we don't need someone to give us a theological answer to someone or, or, or tell us certain things. We just need someone to put their arms around you and, and give you a hug and say, you know, Jesus loves you. And, and uh, you just need, you need to be caring and patient and, and kind and you know, I'm, I'm the discipleship pastor, and as much as I want to come up here and say, how do you apply this to your life? You know, you get involved with something, and you start reading your Bible, or pray every day, or, you know, come to church on time. I mean, that's kind of like my, you know, my, my job. That's what I'm, I'm fighting for people to do that. But, like, healing happens when you just learn to just to be, <laughs> when you allow someone just to, just to live life and be a Christian and love Jesus, and, and it doesn't have to be doing. Many times, I think, in our American Christian idea of, like, what does it mean to make a disciple, we think that you need to do stuff, <laughs> you know, because that's our culture. We got to do, we got to do, we got to do. And sometimes I feel like in my healing and the freedom that I got, I just needed to be. <laughs> I just needed to allow God to, to heal me and do a deep transformation in my life. And, and then out of the deep transformation, I, I started to do things, and they were they were powerful and transformative as I began to read the Bible. But we got to be a church that loves well. I think, I think one of the, the ways that people loved me that I can remember the most is when someone said, hey, can I pray for you? We've got to be a church that is willing to get over our fear of not stepping out and praying for someone and just say, you're a Christian. You have the same, the same spirit that's in you, lives in Jesus, right? The same, the same God that raised Jesus from the dead, he lives in you. And he wants to come upon you and he wants to give you gifts and he wants to move powerfully through you. And it's not just for a pastor, it's for the church. The church needs to be a church that can love well. And sometimes when I, when the healing and freedom that happened for me is when someone laid their hand on me and they just began to pray. And you didn't have to have the perfect words. God loves like, you know, feeble, weak prayers. He loves it when someone just says, God, help this person. You know, like you don't have to have this robust theology and, and understanding to be able to pray with someone. And so if I can urge you and I can beg you and I can cheerlead you this morning to walk worthy, can I tell you to love people well and to make time to pray for people? There's freedom when we pray for people. Man, when we worship... There's freedom in worship. <laughs> I, I, I've led worship for many years, and I can tell you the thing that blesses me the most about worship is when I hear the congregation singing. When I hear you singing and I hear the voices of the, of the multitude singing out to God, there's something that healing happens to me. And I can remember the times where I came to church and I was, I was pretty hurt and I was broken and I, I knew I needed to go to church, so I come to church, but I wasn't ready to sing. And I know we sing and we worship not because we're feeling it, but because we know God is good. But when you're wounded and you're hurt, you're not ready to sing. And you come into church and you just stand there and maybe mouth the words and you're just following along and you're here because you know God is real. And, but, but you're not ready to, to, to declare God and shout his name. And when you hear the congregation... When you hear the people singing to God, something happens and something well up in me because I'm a worshiper, right? And I'd start to sing and I'd start to shout and I'd get excited even though I'm where I was. And, and then people would come up to me after church and they'd say, you have an anointing for worship. <laughs> 
I like have to everything inside me not to punch the person at the time because I was I was so hurt and I was so wounded and I'm like don't talk to me you know but affirming a calling, affirming an anointing, speaking identity over someone, loving someone, coming to church and being a church that loves to sing to God and worship God, that's healing to people who need to know God, who need healing, who need freedom. It's true of, of everyone, not just church hurt, but, but for me it was freedom from, from church wounds. My second point for us today is freedom from church hurt happens when the church strives for unity. He says you have to keep, you have to preserve, you have to strive to keep and preserve the unity. Be diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit. We have to fight for that. Sometimes we have to fight against our flesh. We have to fight against our own things that we want and and we have to fight for it so you know i mean i mean he goes on to t- talk about you know to remind them you know you're one body you're one and one spirit and you you're you're one right it's one god he's reminding them that you need to strive and be diligent to remember that the, the, the to be in the spirit you know bonds of peace come when we walk in the spirit he's saying be diligent Think of that word diligent. It's working hard. You got to fight for something. It talks about how he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. And these are the different ministries. And sometimes you'll hear them explained as ministry gifts of the Holy Spirit. And uh, they're for what though? For the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of a Christ. And I can't help but observe that it says in verse 13, until we attain the unity Can we just say attain? Attain the unity. You have to fight. You have to be diligent for unity. And the goal is to, he says, so you can attain unity. And everything in between here, I I just, maybe this is just an observation I'm making, but it's like this is about unity. We're one, God, one church, one body, it's one God, and he's given us different gifts, and we're, we're, we've been gifted different ways, and sometimes the evangelist is like, no, we need to preach the good news, and sometimes the teacher's like, they need to blow the word of God, and, you know, and, and on and on through the different ministry gifts, and that can go to all the different things and the differences we have and, and the expectations we have and why we've been hurt by the church, and, and, and it can, church hurt can go through so many different reasons why, but, but the point that I want you to, us to understand is we have to fight for it. We have to be diligent to keep the unity of the Spirit. And when we build one another up, when we edify each other, when we encourage one another, there's an attaining of unity in the Spirit, a unity of the faith. Um, not sure. This, this illustration... <laughs> Is it might, it might rub you a little a little the wrong way, um, but uh, I'm I'm a Seahawk fan. Anyone Seahawk fans in the room? Yeah, you know Blue Friday. I wore my Seahawks gear for the first time, and I was wearing the Seahawks gear, and I'm praying through my sermon. You know, I'm like, okay, God, give me illustrations for my sermon. And I thought, how crazy is it that we fight for unity for this like sports team? We all wear the same clothes on Friday, you know, and like we all have like you know we we do all these things to like fight for unity and strive for unity across this and, I, and I'm, I'm not going after the idol of, of NFL football today I'm not doing that at all. that's not what I'm saying I, I think there might be 
something out there in the culture today that that is that is constantly trying to like to get our attention. But what I what I I just th- find it very interesting that we fight for unity in these other ways when it's like, man, can we fight for Jesus? <laughs> can we buy cross necklaces and, and, and get like, you know, bumper stickers for Jesus and like get shirts that say, you know, God or Holy Spirit, you know, there's the youth have a table out there that says Holy Spirit, you know, like, can we fight for like unity? Can we strive for some of these things like together as a church? Like, like man, uh, there's a church back home and they, um, they had a they had a like big uh, shirt that they did for I think it was like a year, and their church exploded, and it said like I heart my church. <laughs> it was like I and a big heart, and it said my church, and it just was powerful because everyone's like, oh, they love their church, and their church like quadrupled in size like year after year after year, and they just they championed that. They're like, we love our church, you know, like like if we want to see revival. We got to be excited to come to church. <laughs> We gotta be excited for Jesus. We've gotta fight for that. I mean, there's unity in the spirit, and I could preach to you today and say, hey, go out into the discipleship fair and sign up for something, you know? Like, because that's what I want you to do. Trust me, that's like my job. I want you to do that. I want you to take the class. Uh, hey, oh, by the way, uh, if you wanna take a theology class, uh, Saturday morning, 9 30, read chapter three, come to class. Uh, Wednesday evening, we're doing a class called Follow with Jesus. I, you can't not take the platform and plug your own ministry, right? I mean, like, you know, like, that's what I would want you to hear this morning, like, because that's what I want, like, in, in, in building ministries. But can we just get excited? Can we fight for unity? Can we fight to be one, one God, one faith, one baptism, one church? Someone prayed it this morning in pre-service prayer. They would know God because of the love we have for one another. If people walk in this church and they see us hugging each other and, you know, I mean, so many times people just give gifts to each other and just just like, hey, let's go out to eat. And you invite someone and they, that's all they needed. They just need to be included. They needed someone to say, hey, come, come with us. We had a guy, uh, Chris. He just like, I've met him. I was like, hey, man, you want to go eat? And now he's plugged into everything. I didn't have to like say, hey, sign up for all these classes. We just like were Jesus and, hey, you should hang out. And now he signed up for like four ministries. And I'm like, wow, all of my strategies, throw them out the window. Just invite people to food, you know, like. (laughs) We got to fight for unity. We got to fight and strive for unity. My last point, point three is freedom from church hurt happens when the church seeks to know him. Verse 13 again, until we attain the unity of faith and the knowledge of the son of God to the mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. There's attaining of the knowledge of the Son. I'm teaching a theology class and I'm thinking about like, you know, um, if we have a right view of God, we worship God rightly, you know. And, uh, and I just want to encourage you today that if you don't know Jesus, you don't know God like we want you to know this is not just a pursuit of knowledge. You know, knowledge builds up, but love her pu- knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. I, I almost just said it. You know, like um, we want you to know Jesus. He's a personal God. 
He loves you. He wants to meet you today. If you've never accepted Jesus and you didn't know that he wants to know you personally and be a personal relationship with you, and you can meet Jesus today. We're going to pray after service, and you can come forward to any of our pastors, and we'll just we'll pray with you to receive salvation. You know, that's, that's who our God is. He's a God of love. He's a God who will meet you right where you are, and he'll heal you. So we have to be a church. If we want to be a church that that brings freedom from church hurt, we have to seek to know God. We need to seek to know him. Um, You know, our mission here is that we're, we're on mission with Jesus to see lost people saved. And we want them to grow in their relationship with Jesus, to lost, saved, and disciples made. And I just, I want us to be a, a church that continues to seek to know God. There's lots of ways that you can do that. And, um, but if, if, if we all would, would see, that would be in our heart. Until we attain the, you know, the knowledge of the Son, like we would, we would long for that. Walking worthy, you know, walking, desiring to be in unity with the Spirit, you know, that, that we would grow up into the stature and the measure and the fullness of, of what God has for us as a church. And, and many times we, we think that that happens just like in my walk with Jesus, my personal walk with Jesus, but he says that it happens with the church, you know, God brings his kingdom on earth through you. He brings the kingdom to earth through you. He uses people. He uses people to bring freedom. I'll close up my sermon here, but uh, you can walk in freedom, freedom from church hurt. The church may hurt you, but the church will heal you. And I just want to testify to you today that the church healed me. And you were part of that. Northwest Church, you were part of that. I found a quote that said, never be ashamed of your scars. It means that you're stronger than the thing you came through. And can I tell you, I'm, it's taken a long time to not be ashamed of certain scars in my life. But Jesus, the power of God that healed me, I'm not ashamed of that. I'm not ashamed of the good news of the power that saved my life. We are a church that reaches, we heal, we restore, we save, we make disciples, and we send. And we're praying for prodigals. We're praying that our prodigals come back and be healed, restored, saved, commit their lives to follow Jesus, and that they, we would send them to reach more. If you would pray with me, I want to I ask you to bow your heads and you know, if that's you today, maybe maybe you are like Pastor Jared. I'm I've been hurt by the church, and and not, maybe maybe you've never been willing to even like raise a hand and identify yourself. And I never had anyone do this for me, but I, I'm sure that if I was given the opportunity, I would have raised my hand. But if that's you and you want prayer and you just want to be prayed over today, that you want to be set free from offense, set free from bondage, set free from uh, overwhelming feelings of anger and frustration. You just raise your hand. God would see your hand. He sees your heart. This is not for me to see. This is for God to see. It's for him. It's between you and him, what he's doing right now. You raise your hand, and and we're going to pray for you this morning. So, God, I pray these scriptures out of 2 Corinthians 3.17. God, we pray... The Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. We speak freedom, God. It's who you are over the, over the wounds that we have. 
Romans 8, 1, God, there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, God. Thank you that you don't hold, hold us down, that you don't condemn us, God. For the law of the spirit of life has set us free. God, I pray for freedom from church wounds and church hurt today. Galatians 5, for freedom, Christ has set us free, that we wouldn't submit again to the slavery of hurt and offense and pain. God, we, we pray that you would break the bondage of the enemy, the lie of the enemy. In John 8, you said, if we abide in your word, God, we would be your disciples, and the truth would set us free. So God, I pray we would be a church that seeks your face, that we seek to know you, God, and the truth would set us free because whom you set free, God, is free indeed. And we believe that, God. We believe that you are a mighty, saving God and that you can bring healing, Jesus. So, God, we just speak freedom over our church and we speak freedom over those names in our prodigal boxes and we just say freedom from the lies of the enemy, freedom from bondage, freedom from the thing that's keeping us from, from connecting with you, God the lies that the enemy would have that keep us believing that you're not good. And God, I pray for us as a church. I pray that we'd be a church that walks worthy, God, that seeks your face, Lord, that longs to know you, Jesus, that fights for unity, that strives for peace, God. Lord, I pray we'd be a church that builds up. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you'd like more information about Northwest Church, go to our website, nwcfoursquare.org, or download our app in any of the app stores by searching Northwest Foursquare Church.